who believe, God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We just thank you and we praise you for that on tonight. And we thank you that it's no longer us who live. God, but we have all been crucified with Christ, and we thank you, Father God, that the life that we now live, we live according to his faith and not according to ours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before um, we go into the teaching, I want to get this out of the way before I forget, but I know the Holy Spirit, he, he's the one that reminds me. I want to say... Congratulations to one of our own, which is um, Tashika Jordan, for getting her doctor of education. So now she's Dr. Tashika Jordan. Look at God. So we honor that on tonight that we got doctors in the house. We got nurses. We got everything we need in the house. Amen. And I just give God glory for that because nobody know her journey but her and God. But we just thank God that he got her through it. Amen. So we honor God. And if anybody else got anything I don't know nothing about, please let me know. And we will, uh, you know, give God glory for that as well. I want to um, just do a quick overview and then we're going to go into um, dealing with the heart. Um, We have been talking about Proverbs 4 verse 20. Through verse, um, I believe, what, 24? Is it 24? Yeah, what it goes on to uh, the end of uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 4. But we have been talking about attending to his words, paying attention to his words, inclining his e- our ears unto his sayings. Let them not depart from our eyes, but keep them in the midst of our heart. And as we do that, those the word of God will bring us life and to those that find them and health to all flesh that mean medicine to all flesh and then in verse 23 it says keep thine heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life so once we pay attention to the word that pay attention mean that we incline in our ear and I went over this several times on how when you incline your ear that mean that you're paying attention That means that you're hearing, you're listening, and you're ready to obey what the word of God is saying. And it says, let it not depart from your eyes. That means you keep in focus on the word of God. You keep in focus on what you've been paying attention to, what you've been inclining your eyes unto. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The heart is where the word of God um, goes. The ground, when they talked about it in um, Mark, the fourth chapter, dealing with the ground, is dealing with the heart. So the word of God have to be kept in your heart. It said, keep them in the midst of thine heart. That's where the word is kept. And then it said, for they are life. So we have the word of God in our heart that's going to bring us life. And that life um, brings us health from the word, medicine from the word. But then it begins to come out of our mouth because we know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. But then it said we have to keep our heart with all diligence. That means keep here means to guard. It means to watch over. We want to make sure that we're guarding our heart because that's where the life of God is and that's where um, our medicine come from. It's from the heart. So we want to guard it. We want to watch over it and we want to protect it. How do we do this? And I went over briefly um, verse 24. It talks about um, I'm going to read it in the King James because I read it and they expand it. And in verse 4, it says, 24, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. It says, far from thee, put it far from thee. So what it means is, don't use your mouth to tell lies. Don't allow your mouth to speak forward things, to speak lies, to speak things that don't represent who you are now that you're in him. So we know those words are coming out your mouth, but they go through your lips. So what we have to do when we, we know when we're getting ready to say something, we shouldn't say. All of us in this room know when we're going to say something that's going to irritate somebody We know when we're going to say something that we should not say. So that's why we keep our lips tight. Even though it come in the mouth. You know how we was talking about when somebody tried not to throw up. What's the first thing you do? 
you cover your mouth because you don't want it to come up, right? So when it comes to harsh words or if it comes to something that we know is going to offend or something that's going to hurt somebody, we want to keep the doors of our what? Lips. We want to keep our um, lips shut so things won't come out of our mouth. We want to study to be what? To be quiet. So here in Proverbs, what's happening here, he's saying he's dealing with the mouth. Not only did he deal with the mouth, but he's dealing with... um, What else? The eyes, what you see. So in that next verse, it says, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. So that means if we focus our eyes on the word of God, then we won't be putting our eyes on anything that we shouldn't put our eyes on. Remember up top, it says, let them not depart from thine eyes. That means you keep in focus on the word of God. You're not letting anything else take your focus. What are some of the things that we um, put before our eyes? Sometimes we watch certain movies we shouldn't watch. And that's, that's mainly some of the things we do. Or we look at people that we shouldn't be looking at. A man may be looking at a woman or a woman may be looking at a man. You can't keep your eyes on things that's going to bring lust. You can't um, keep your eyes on things that's going to um, bring up a desire or lust um, within you. And we know that Solomon... Not Solomon, but who was it? David. When David should have been focused on the things of the Lord, he didn't go out to battle. He put his eyes on who? Bathsheba. Look what happened when he done that. He lost focus of who he was in God. And he ended up lying. He ended up committing murder. Why? Because he set his eyes on something he should not have set his eyes on. So in the book of Proverbs, it's using your mouth and it's using your eyes. Then the last part of that is saying, ponder the path of thy feet and all thy way be established and all your way will be established. So if you keep focus on the word of God, then you're going to be looking straight ahead. You're not going to go off on that righteous path. The reason why people go off on that righteous path, because their focus is off. Anytime your focus is off and the enemy knows this, he will take your focus off the word of God and put it on other things where you cannot keep um, looking straight ahead. Because that last verse said, turn not to the right hand nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. So we don't supposed to be making no turns. We're supposed to be focused on the things of God. If we keep our mind on things above, our mind set on things above and not on things of this earth, we can stay on that righteous path. This is why we have to guard our heart because whatever you hear, whatever you see, Whatever you taste, whatever you touch, that involves your five senses. If you're not guarding your heart, you would end up meditating on these things. They end up getting in your heart. They end up coming out of your mouth because you're not doing anything with them. The Holy Spirit will let you know. He's there to help you. He's there to tell you what's right and what's not right. But all of us know what's, what's not right. We know, even when we were um, not saved, we knew right from wrong. We knew what to touch and what not to touch. We knew, even when we were in the world, if that woman, men belonged to another man, you know, they didn't belong to you, so you don't supposed to be messing with them, right? (laughs) But being born again, now that you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helped you with that situation, More than you had the help when you were in the world. He steers you the right way so you can look forward on that righteous path and not get off that path God have you on. But then God was showing me, um, the next thing that I want to talk about is the imaginations of the heart. That's where I want to go. The imaginations of the heart. Let's talk about that. And let's talk about what are imaginations of the heart. What are imaginations of the heart? Whatever you are thinking about or hearing, you begin to see it from within your heart. This, this is why when, it, when David looked at Bathsheba and she was bathing, guess what happened? His eyes, what he saw, immediately went within. He had a vivid picture in his heart right then and right there. Your eyes are a doorway unto your heart. 
The entrance of the word gives light, does it not? The entrance of the word, it gives light. But anything that's outside of the word bring darkness to your heart. So if a man is lusting after a woman, we know that's out of the will of God, is it not? So when you lay eyes on that woman and you in a deep stare, you're going to remember the picture of what you saw because it's going deep within. So you don't even have to see that woman again because you don't got a vivid picture of how that woman looked. I would always pick on my husband and I would tell him, I say, I'll get on him sometime. I say, what did I have on? Um, then if he talked to somebody, he'll describe somebody from top to bottom what they had on. I said, what make me any different? Do y'all get it? I said, if I got lost, could you tell them what I left out the house in? But you can tell, and not that he was lusting after nobody, but he could tell what they had on. Something's wrong with that. I'm going to go deep tonight because some of us have to understand where our heart is. And I'm not saying my husband's heart was not for me. I'm using this as an example to let you know he, he stay, we stay together. So sometimes we don't just look at what each other have on. Sometimes we don't. We just leave and it just slips us. But you may see somebody and you may be saying, okay, they had on a purple shirt or they had, or you may admire the shoes or something like that. And you can tell them what they had on. So what I'm saying is your eye will give a picture of, of, of anything that you have really put your eye upon. It develops a mental picture. This is why when somebody be watching pornography, it do not take them long to develop a mini, uh, a, a picture of what they saw in that magazine or what they saw on a, on a tape or what, whatever they were looking at, a video or whatever. It's already developed a mental picture in their eyes so they don't need to hide the magazine no more. They are the magazine because your eye gate is a gate to your heart. So this is what was happening with David, but God showed me this how the imaginations of your heart works through scripture. Look at um, Nehemiah 6, verse 5 through verse 8. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 5 through verse 8. It said in verse 5, The fifth time Sambalat sent his helper, servant assistant to me and in his hand was an unsealed open letter this is what was written i'm reading out the expanded version a report is going around to all the nations and jashim the same the same well and jashim is saying it is true that you and the jewish people are planning to turn against the king rebel revolt and that therefore you are rebuilding the wall so what was happening is they were bringing a report unto Nehemiah and they said, this is what's going um, around. So y'all know that's gossip, right? So they was bringing it back to him saying that he was planning to turn against the king, rebel, revolt, and that therefore you were rebuilding the wall. Now, which he was rebuilding the wall. Part of that was true. They say you're going to intending, planning, wishing to be their king and that you have appointed, anointed, established prophets to announce, proclaim in Jerusalem. There is a king of Judah. The king will hear about this. These reports in Romans. So come, let us discuss this. Take counsel together. So he was bringing what was bringing to Nehemiah what people were saying. And they, they said who they got it from. But listen at what Nehemiah said. So I sent back this answer. Nothing you are saying is really happening. We are not doing what you are saying. You are just making it up, inventing, imagining them in your own mind, heart. Where am I going? The things that we see with our eyes, the things that um, are coming out of our mouths, that we're hearing, if we keep thinking about those things, we end up getting a mental picture of things that are not happening that we have built up in our mind because we have meditated on it so much. This man went around speaking stuff that was not true. So the more he spoke these things that were not true, 
people were seeing what he's saying. Just like if I told you a black dog was chasing Sister Deborah. Do y'all see a black dog chasing Sister Deborah? Some people don't catch on that quick. But people imaginations will see what you're saying. And the more I talk about Teresa, the black dog was chasing Sister Deborah. She was running for her life, child. She was running and she tripped and she fell. And then Renee helped her get up. And then Manny came with the bat and hit the dog. Did everybody see what I was saying? Did you see it? Because words produce pictures. So this is what was happening here. He was given a false report that was not even true. But Nehemiah knew all of this you have invented within your heart, within your mind. You have developed a picture that's not really there. How many when someone tell you something or get ready to say something about your, your, one of your children. And you know your children. While they're talking, you see in death before you see life. We just see it. And it's not really happening, but it's something that we developed because of what we heard. But Nehemiah knew it wasn't true. He said, you come up with this in your heart. You got all these people believing stuff that is not true. And you want me to come down to you and talk to you about a lie? I'm not going to do that. That's why Nehemiah said, why should I come down to you? already know the truth so I'm not coming down because God have me already in a place with him and I'm not going to sit here and try to debate with you on something that you come up with that you imagine that's not even happening true the truth is we are building a wall but the things that you're saying concerning it it is a lie so no you have built all this up in your mind so where am I going with this scripture this frustration The anxiety, the stress, everything that we're having, we build mental pictures in our mind based on what we think people are going to say or what they um, have not said. We build it up in our mind and we say, we can have a conversation. I can have a, I don't know why I'm using Sister Deborah, but we can have a conversation, me and Sister Deborah, and I'm telling her about my day. And I'm telling her about somebody that was uh, I talked to that day. But I'm making this person look way over the top. And Miss Deborah's looking at me. And she's saying, Apostle, they done you like that? No, Sister Deborah, they ain't do me like that. But that's what they're going to do. Have y'all ever heard somebody say that? I just know that's exactly what they're going to do. Have y'all heard some? And then you done build up this thing in your head that this person is like that and it has not happened. Have y'all ever heard anybody talk like that? And you ask them, well, where did you get that from? Nobody didn't have to tell me. That's just how it's going to be. That's what he was doing. We have done this. We have built mental pictures in our mind to say, and actually it's a form of witchcraft. Because sometimes we say God is saying, but it's you doing it because you done build it up through rolling it over, meditating on it, and repeating it to yourself, what this person is going to do, what they're not going to do, what they said, and they ain't said nothing. And by the time you get in front of this person, you already done judged them, you already done spoke for them, and they're saying, what are you talking about? Now, you know what I'm talking about. You know what you were going to do. What are you talking about? Even in marriage. I don't know why. Yes, I do. The enemy can make you think because a man cheated on you once or a woman cheated on you once, twice. Ooh, no. But he can make you think that that man or that woman is still cheating. And you done built those mental pictures up in your mind, done had dreams and done saw it and said, the Lord showed it to you and telling the man he's a lie. He did not go to work that day. The Lord done showed me. And then the man is saying, come, come go with me to work. The boss is lying too. Because you done built the mental picture up in your mind through your hurt. Through what you done been through so nobody can tell you any different because you done meditated on it so long you done made it true. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to play itself out 
because of what you believe. Because as you believe it, it can happen. And the enemy knows this. This is why you got to guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Some things that you say when people tell you the truth, you still don't believe them because you think they're taking up for somebody else. You still think they're lying. Because you done meditated all night. You done talked to your husband. You done talked to your wife. You done talked to some of your family members about Kwana. And you done build up a conclusion about Kwana saying this is the conclusion of the matter. It's who she is. And you don't even know Kwana like that. I'm just using throwing out stuff. This is what happens y'all. The imaginations of your heart. You build up something within you. And once you build up a case. You got to share the case. Because God told you that. God ain't told you that. God ain't about confusion. Because if God had have told you all of that, you would have went to that person you had the problem with and not Sister Tulu. God don't work opposite, y'all. He work according to his word. So we don't go to somebody else after we done build up a case. If somebody's doing you wrong, you go to that person, not to somebody else. Because the more you meditate on what you thought that person said, the more it become a reality. And you done played it out just like this guy played it out and told a lie on Nehemiah. But Nehemiah said, nope, I know where it come from. See, that's why you have to be in the word of God. That's why, see, Nehemiah guarded his heart. He stayed focused on that wall. He stayed focused on what God wanted him to do. And he did not come down outside of what was told to him. So that's the scripture. Genesis 11, 1 through 6. We know this one well. Y'all know they was building the, um, the Tower of Babel. But somebody had to start out to tell them what needed to be done, right? So when someone told them, you know, what they saw, they had to have that picture in their mind. So they began to tell them what they were seeing. So they took what they were saying and they began to come together and they began to build the Tower of Babel up to heaven, right? You see what happened? There had to be a leader in this. The leader had to have a mental picture of that tower first and foremost, Once he had that mental picture of building it, then he began to share it with somebody else. Because guess what? He already developed it within his heart. So he knew this is what we're going to go after. I just need some people to step in with me to be on one accord, speak the same thing, doing the same thing. And there's nothing that we can accomplish. So they began to do it. And what did God say? Y'all know what God said. He said in verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. God didn't have nothing to do with it. This was what they built within themselves. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language, and this they began to do, and nothing will will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So the Lord knew. Once you set your mind to something, once you see it and you begin to meditate on it, he said there'll be nothing that you cannot do, that you imagine to do. They had one language, they were on one accord. What am I saying? When someone is speaking a lie and they go out and tell that lie and then people build upon that lie, they're on one accord. So the person that's really telling the truth is going to look like a liar because people are coming against them based on what they heard, not the truth. But when that person know who they are, they don't have to try to justify nothing. They go on in what? In peace. And they know God is going to fight my battle. I don't have to justify because I know what truth is. So guess why they need to focus on truth? So they can keep walking straight ahead. So they can keep doing what God want them to do. See, the enemy wants you to come off of your posts. 
He wants you to come off and out of the place that God have you in. So guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep talking. He's going to keep throwing stuff at you. Why? He don't want you to keep focused on the word of God. He don't want you to keep inclined in your ear. Come on, we got the steps right here. He don't want you to pay attention to the word. He don't want you to hear the word. He don't want you to focus on the word. He don't want you to put the word in your heart. Why? He said, because you're going to get life from it. You're going to get health from it. I don't want you to guard it, so I got to snatch it. How am I going to snatch it? By distorting it, by making it a lie, even though it's the truth. I need somebody to do it. Church folks are doing it. Through their frustration, through their stress, through any means the enemy can use, he's going to use it to try to make you think that somebody's talking about me. They looked at me funny when I walked in the clim. Why is the apostle looking at me like that? She just stared at me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. I see y'all. She looked at me when, I, when she was talking. She was talking about, what are you talking about? So you building a case against me. Then the enemy is going to roll over some more stuff that I said. And you're going to say, uh-huh. See, I told you she was talking about you. So you see me doing that. So you're missing out on the word of life. You're missing out on what's going to give you some medicine. Because you're too focused on what you thought I said. Or too focused on what you thought somebody else said. Instead of the moment you heard it. Can I see you for a second, Apostle? I don't know if you was aware of it, but you looked at me mighty hard. How can you see me sleep? With your eyes open. How you, how you miss it? What, what did I say? I don't know exactly when or what it was, but I claim you would look, I looked at you when? When you woke up. Is that when I looked at you? Hello, somebody. Is that when I looked at you, Nay, when you woke up? <laughs> I can pick on Renee. She just go pass it. That's what people do. And the enemy going to use that. So if you don't come to the person right then and right there, the enemy is going to build a case and it's going to be like, that is what you've done. And you'll be like, trying to think hard. But ain't no point of thinking, well, you know, forgive me. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you felt that way if I looked at you wrong or did this wrong. If I said your name, I don't recall saying it. But if I did, I am so sorry. So it's up to you to accept my apology. And then it's not up to you to go tell Carlos, see, I told you she said it. She didn't say she did and she just told me she was sorry. The devil's busy, isn't he? Using us. So we see what was happening here. You can build a mental picture based on how you feel, based on if you are emotionalized, them he emotions and she motions are being stirred up and you don't have them under control, you'll see anything and everything that's not of God. Because you're emotionalized. It's just like somebody can say something to you and they ain't even what they're saying. Because you're already angry. You're already going through. So you don't miss everything that they said. And then when they tell you, well, you didn't do what I asked you to do. You didn't tell me to do that. Huh? What'd you say? I believe I did. No, you didn't. That ain't what you said. Because when you high on your emotions, you miss the truth. You don't even receive the truth. Your hearing is off. Your perception is off. Your understanding is off. You're not going to understand and receive the word the way you need to. The enemy knows this. So what he does is he snatches away that word and he put a lie there for you to believe that lie because he don't want you to have the truth. Did he not do it to Eve? He twisted it. He made it seem like it was true and it wasn't. And she fell for the lie. Genesis 6, 5. So we understand how the imaginations of your heart will come into play and cause you to see things that 
um, is not of God. In Genesis 6, 5, we're familiar with this. This goes way back. And the, Lord, and the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination, every imagination and intentions of all human thinking was only evil continually. We know this came through um, sin. When Adam and Eve, they sinned, everything God created was good. But then after the fall, Everything was evil. There was no good. Only thing they saw was evil. So they thought evil. Everything they looked at was evil. Everything everything was just evil. And the imaginations of their heart, everything, the pictures that they saw was just evil. It was just evil there. We look at Jeremiah 17, verse 9 through 10. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 through 10. Amplified. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it? Perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind. I, the Lord, search the mind. I try the heart even to every, even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. So the Lord is the only one that know the heart. When the fall came, the heart was desperately wicked. It was just toe up. It was sick. But when we become born again, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're given the heart of God. But the problem is the the thoughts that we had, the mindset that we had, the spirit change. But all of that stuff has to be renewed through the word of God. So if you're not going into the word of God and renewing your mind according to his way of doing, you're still going to have them same mindsets. So this is why people are still going through save because they're not emptying out. They're going on what they believe instead of going on what the word of God has to say. And that's what we're going to talk about um, next time we come together. God, um, I want to talk about a hardened heart again because all of it is going to come together to let people know this is what you have to do to get rid of these things. We're going to have to pull it up through the word of God. The enemy has given us um, things that we have rooted ourselves in. False doctrines, false beliefs, false imaginations. You know, the evil imaginations of the heart. If we don't take truth and put it in, you ain't going to get nothing up out. So the truth has to be planted and God is greater than anything. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So when you take the word of God, which is truth, guess what it's going to do? It's going to uproot all the false doctrines. The enemy don't want that. I was watching a movie um, last night and God is so good because he was showing me um, this movie in a spiritual sense. What was happening was it was this um, high powered um, lawyer and she represented this um, music company. Her parents got killed, but her mom was dating a married man. But both of them got killed, but she survived. So she was having nightmares. So her heart was to help people. You know, when people are doing people wrong, she want to prove that, you know, they're okay. But she was doing it kind of the wrong way. So what she did was she would walk in places and she would tell people who they were. She would tell them where they worked. She would tell them their whole life. And they'd be like, how you know all this about me? And she would say, if you don't do this right now, this is what's going to happen. But the whole moral of the thing was she had to find out about them. She had to search things uh, to know about them to let them know that, this is how powerful I am. I know about you. And you wondering how I know about you. But anyway, she knew the deep things concerning them. Remember the scripture that says, Lord, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Okay. So she was searching and she knew there was some wicked stuff there. The reason why she did that is because she wanted to get to the truth. Because the the wicked stuff was there and people were seeing people as living normal, but she knew something is wrong. They're living a lie and I want to get to the truth. So guess what she did? She let them know who they really were, but then she brought truth in and it prevailed. That's what a lawyer does. A lawyer digs deep. 
They go way out there. They search. She even had somebody to hack into the internet. And they hacked into the internet and they found out all the pictures that they were looking at. Pornography stuff that nobody, the police couldn't find. She found this hidden stuff. And guess what? She bought in truth and truth prevailed. She won the cases. Because they thought, you can't find nothing on me. And the man was saying, and guess what? The devil was right there amongst her. And when she hacked into all of this, it led up to the big dog. And the big dog was the one that helped her get rich as she was. So what am I saying? Truth is going to prevail. So the best thing for us to do is say, Lord, search me. See what's in me. And help me to deal with it through the word. Some of us don't want to be searched because some of us are so full of pride that we don't want to come down and we don't want people to know, you know, I'm in this kind of way. You know, I don't want people to see I don't know. So I'm just going to carry this to the end. No, when the word get through, you don't care what people think no more because you know you're free. And that's why we have to deal with the heart, y'all, because we've been talking about the frustration. We've been talking about the anger. We've been talking about resentment, all of these things. But if you're not dealing with these things with the word of God, those things are still overtaking you. You still saying you're sorry, but your life ain't lining up with what you're saying because you're going back to the same pattern. When somebody asks you something, you get so offended and you're wondering why I keep getting offended because it's still a scar there. If God really healed you, yes, there's a scar. But you're not going to keep on going through the same thing just a different day. Your attitude's supposed to change. Your potty mouth's supposed to change. You don't still supposed to be cussing people out. You don't still supposed to be talking to people harshly because you're frustrated. No matter what they do, if you're before the Lord, you ain't got time for that. Just like Nehemiah. He knew the truth. He had time for them. I'm not coming down because of you. If you want to do what you do, go ahead and do what you do. But it's not going to take me out of who I am in him. So it's dealing with the heart. Whatever is in your heart, it's coming out of your mouth. You can say you sorry all day long. A truly godly, sorrowful person lifestyle changes it does not stay the same you cannot keep apologizing and got the same pattern just don't apologize because it's not really coming from the heart because your mouth change according to where your heart is so church we got work to do we got to quit apologizing and there's no change Because see, God know you spiritually. I can act like a hypocrite all day long and it look like I'm okay. But deep down inside, I'm not okay. Because it's within. God is going to look at the heart before he look at anything. You can come to church 24-7. You can act like you know all the scriptures. You can say hallelujah. You can fall out on that floor. But if it's not, if your lifestyle haven't changed, something's still in that heart. So you got to deal with that heart. You shouldn't still... Keep going off over and over again. We can't keep making excuses, y'all. We can't. The more you dig deep in this word, that root of resentment, that root of anger, that root of frustration will not be there no more because the word has come in and overpowered it. You don't have to keep apologizing. People are going to know you've been in the word. Why? Because it ain't going to overtake you no more. You have overtaken it by the word. People that get offended so quickly, you ain't dug deep enough. That rooting deep. Mm-mm. No. If someone can't ask you a question without you getting offended, or someone can't give you advice without you getting mad because you think you know and God told you, you're full of pride. If somebody come to you and say, can I suggest something to you? Well, I appreciate that, but I already know what I'm going to do. You full of pride. Because God might want to help you with something that's so simple, not changing nothing, but want to come in and help you to make it better. So you don't have to go through the way you're going through. That's pride, y'all. 
Where pride is, there will be a fall. And that comes from the heart. Because sometimes we think we better and we know better. But it's other people that God sends to help you so you won't fall. So we have to say, God, search me. Show me my heart. Allow me to see what you would have for me to see. I'm so glad that me and my husband can work together as a team. And I'm so glad that he's a man that when God shows me stuff or when God show him stuff, we can both humble ourselves and we can take heed. We was getting some work done to the house and um, my husband had to meet with several people to see how much it would cost and whatever, whatever. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know about this, this stuff. I said, you know everything. I said, but Lord, I'm asking you to show what need to be seen so nobody won't get over on us. I said, because I want to be faithful with what we have. So after I had done the prayer and my husband had them looking around and they said where they were going to put this or where they were going to put that, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was showing me something. So I told my husband, I said, honey, please go ask that man if he run it from the back of the house to the front, it's going to be more money. And my husband, he just told me, he said, well, it would be better at the back. I said, but it's going to be more money, honey. Well, the man, I said, honey, can you just do that for me? He said, yeah, I'll do that for you. Come to find out the man told him, and the man wasn't going to tell him this, but God is so good. I said, let's get another person. Call someone else and ask them who they use, and let's get this person. When we got that person, the person told him everything that he told you. No, if you run it from the back of your house, you're going to pay a lot of money. Y'all, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, when you go to him. Now, my husband could have been a man and said, I want it at the back. Da, 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 da. No, he didn't do all that. My husband, as he was listening and as I was listening, only thing we can do is say, thank you, Lord. Because this man was going to take us to the cleaners. Then I said, honey, can you do me another favor? See, God is good. I said, the equipment that he want to use, I need for you to call that man back and find out where he got his from. So when he called him, the man said, well, this man that you're using helped me to go get the equipment. I still wasn't satisfied. I said, uh-uh, call the place where you got that equipment from, and let's see what they say. You know what they told my husband? It was $1,200 cheaper. Y'all, we serve an awesome God. See, when you listen to him and don't get in a hurry, don't get anxious, don't get stressed out, just wait on him. It will change everything in your house because a divided house will fall. So when you work together and not getting offended, but listening to the Holy Spirit, you have peace in your home. And when we're not on one accord, me and my husband, we wait. We wait. We don't sit there and fuss about it. And I ain't going to sit there and say, go and do it then. No, because it's going to affect me if he do. Or he's not going to say, go and do it then. No, because it's going to tear up the whole house either way. We're going to sit here and we're going to wait until we on one accord. Until the Lord can change our hearts towards what he want to have done. Because he know when it need to be done. So I'm telling y'all, it's a matter of the heart. And if your heart is not where it need to be, you, you are not going to hear me nor less hear God. Because <laughs> if God is speaking through me or somebody else and your heart is hardened and you got these uh, vain imaginations there, you're going to go in one ear and come out another one because you're going to be so prideful thinking, I already know. I don't need no help. That's when you need help. When you say you already know, you need some help. I'm telling you. So we need to deal with the heart and we can get over this frustration. The things that we go through. Amen. Do anyone have anything that they want to say concerning the teaching that we have went over so far with what you have learned from the teaching? Okay. I guess I can just call people up since people are not volunteering, huh? Come on up, Calvin. Brother Calvin. Come on down. 
and tell us what you have learned so far. Well, there's uh, been a lot that's been said, you know, uh, speaking on the heart. Uh, we just had the same discussion in our uh, deacons meeting last week, and I was telling them about the same thing, you know, that uh, David and Bathsheba, you know, entered into his heart, how he had lied and, you know, committed adultery and committed a murder because, you know, he laid his eyes on Bathsheba, which wasn't, you know, his wife. And uh, as the word lets us know, our eyes and our ears and our mouth, you know, those are our gates. So as he said, you know, you got to guard your heart and you got to guard your gates because, you know, once it enters into the heart, I mean, eyes, that heart and that mind agree, then that body's going to carry it out. So mm-hmm. I learned, you know, uh, you know, you got to watch what, like you say, what enters into your gaze. Uh, you can be, as you say, looking at TV and actually, you know, something, you know, that we shouldn't be looking at can just pop up on a commercial or something. You know, sometimes we say that, well, I just gave, oh, it's going to be there two or three minutes, but you got to watch again your gaze because sometimes you sit there and watch it. And once it enters your mind, you, you start thinking about these things. And next you know, you got the old God catch yourself, rebuke the enemy, and, you know, turn it and, you know, and ask God to forgive you. So it's a, it's a big subject, you know, uh, talking about the things that's dealing with the heart. You know, because we do have to, you know, watch what enter to our hearts and into our mind, you know, because it can, you know, corrupt our body and it can corrupt the spirit. So uh, I do try to watch, you know, what I say, you know, the things that I say, because I know it ain't good. That's, that's damage to the spirit, you know. So I try to do things, you know, that's help to my spirit versus damage. And if I do feel in some of the areas in, in the election, say the Holy Spirit, we are one. You don't need to be looking at this or turn your head from that and ask the Lord, you know, to forgive me, you know, and let, to let me do better. Amen. And I want to say Calvin was saying that a damaging spirit, it won't touch that spirit of God. But it can stop you from receiving from your spirit because your spirit is sealed from evil. It's sealed. The part he's after is that middleman, that will, that mind, and that emotion. He's after that. So if we don't guard our heart, guard just like them gates you saying, we can't receive the life that's coming from our spirit. I want to ask a question. Calvin reminded me of something. Maybe he can answer this while he's up here. He said, oh, Lord, let me sit down. What in the world? Have you built an imagination of what I'm going to ask you? See, you good then. You good. I want to ask this. I'm going to start with Calvin. Calvin, this is going to help, I guess, some men out here if, if me and you answer this question correctly. Tell me, why would a man that commit adultery look his wife in the face and said, I'm faithful unto you? I never committed adultery. And the wife know the truth. Could you tell me why the man uh, sit there and lie? When he know he has. Go ahead, Calvin. Well, he could, you know, maybe not want to divorce his wife. Uh, and one reason he did, evidently, that that he's seen, it was, that's the worst, it pleasant to the eyes and he did like uh, Eve did when the fruit was pleasant to her eyes. He went into that woman. Okay. So. Is that it for you? Is that all you got to say on that? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm going to say too much. <laughs> Can another man answer that for me? Why would a married man, knowing that he committed adultery, lie to his wife and say he has never did it? Manny, you want to help us out? Can you come up here and answer that for me? Manny said, I see. <laughs> for some reason, this question is asked for a reason. It might help somebody, okay? Um, he don't want to face the consequences uh, from the woman of what he's done. And also he hasn't truly repented like if he's truly repented he'll tell her you know i mean he'll be sorrowful for what he's done if he's truly repented amen another man 
another man. Who else want to answer that question? Joe? Willie, you at the door, but you keep walking up a little bit closer. <laughs> Come on, walk now. Scratch the legs out. I guess I, I, I agree with, uh, <clears throat> oh, I said I, I agree with uh, uh, what Brother Manny say. Don't what did Brother Manny say? Don't want to own, don't want to face the consequences of, of uh, your actions. Don't want to face the consequences. Yeah. Okay. And that's what you, you're saying. You're agreeing with him. You agree with that? Right. What consequences? Getting divorced or, or, you know, getting whatever, whatever come with it. Okay. Give the mic to Brother Willie. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, was in the, bathroom. the question is, why would a married man lie to his wife of, if she asked him, have you committed adultery? Have you been with someone else? And he said, no, honey, I haven't. But knowing he has, why would he do that? Try to save his marriage. You try to save his marriage. Yeah, I mean. Okay. If he want to still be married, he, yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to save the marriage. He's trying to save the marriage. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Everybody, thank you, Brother Willie. Now, let me ask y'all a question. Women, I'm coming at you next, okay? I just read a text that somebody else sent on that, and they said he don't want to beat down. Okay, can I get, Tyson, come on, you got something you want to say. Willie, you can sit right there. You don't have to go all the way back to the door. I believe everybody's in here. I can say this why you don't fight. The reason why he don't want to tell the truth, number one, uh, is because the word of God was never in his heart and he probably still ain't finished. Okay. He still ain't finished because if a, if a man is true to his wife um, and, and he loved her and, and first if he loves God, he will tell the truth because the truth is what set you free and he will not keep on, um, uh, will keep it away from her. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tyson. What they say? He want his cake and eat it too. Now, can I get a woman to come up here? On what I asked a man, who want to come up here? Come on, Glory. She put up that finger. Y'all know what that means. Probably won't tell the truth because they think they're going to be shot or they're going to be poisoned or they're going to be cut or something like that. If they, if they know their wife and they know, you know, I mean, say you could be saved and then, you know, something like that. But happens. they know how crazy their wife is. Yeah. Uh-huh. They know she'll go off the deep end yeah. and shoot them and poison, poison them. them. Y'all know that's Gloria. <laughs> like, right. Y'all heard her teaching. I shoot you dead. I poison you. <laughs> Is this a heart thing? Is this a heart thing, women, men? I like what you said, Tyson. Say it again. It's good to the flesh. Where am I going? I'm going to tell y'all where I'm going. I'm going where I'm going the next time we come together. Out of the heart proceeds adultery, fornication, 
If you are in the word the way you need to be, men, first of all, you're going to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Amen? And no matter what your wife do or no matter what your wife say, you're going to still love her. Just like, um, who was it, Gomer? What did he do for that wife? Is it Gomer? Hosea. But the wife's name was Gomer, wasn't it? Yeah. What did he do for her? He was hurt. But once he spent time with God, and he knew that that woman was, but it was about Israel. But he knew what the woman was doing. Y'all, I'm still talking about the heart. He cried out to God within his heart and said, God, why do you want me to take this woman back? You know what she's doing. You know how she stepped out on me. But guess what God was wanting him to see? He said, I want you to feel the pain I feel. So when you feel the pain I feel, you can give back the love mm, I give in spite of. It's a matter of the heart. Because if your heart is right before God, women and men, no matter what your husband do or your wife do, no matter if you choose to divorce them, you still got to love them with the love of God and you cannot be unforgiven. Whether they're in the house or out of the house, that tells people where your heart is. It's a matter of the heart. Because when somebody tell you, no matter if it's adultery, no matter what it is, a lie, no matter what it is, if they tell you from the heart that they are sorry, then their lifestyle is going to add up to what they're saying. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, and you're going to live that life according to what you're saying. You ain't going to keep being a windshield wiper, going back and forth because of situations happening in your life. You don't go back to the prior situation and cut up and act like you don't know Jesus when you up here telling people about Jesus. Come on, somebody. Mm -mm. The church need help. And we got it through the word. We got it through the word. Me personally, y'all, my son, Jeremy, the Jolly Green Giant, he would tell me, and I didn't see it because I was so angry with him. Because the more I said to him, it seemed like he did just the opposite. And I knew I didn't raise him that way. So I got angry with him. I got tired of hearing his lies. When he was telling the truth, liar, you looking at me lying. Mama Clay ain't lying this time. You told her I want you. Telling it again. Liar. Then I find out he wasn't lying. But he lied so much. I had to really get off with God to say, is it the truth? Or is it a lie? But I had to be in the place to hear what God had to say. But I remember one thing Jeremy told me, and it touched my heart to the point of, I had to back off off of him and remember God accepted me outside of me. He said, Mama, you always saying the bad things. You never say nothing good about it. In my mind, I'm saying, because every time I turn around, you're doing something bad. How do you expect me to say something good? But it hit me to the point that God said, you got to let him know that you love him. Outside of what he do or what he don't do, your love is not going to change. But you still got to give him the truth and you got to speak it in love. So when I started saying, oh man, that's awesome. Man, I knew you could do it. I knew it would work out for you. Or when it didn't work out, I wouldn't say, it's because of you. No, I would say, you know what? It'll work out next time. So we begin to build a relationship, y'all. It's not about us. It's about him. It's no longer us who live, we've been crucified. We're supposed to show them the life of Christ and not us. That's the problem. We're showing too much of us and not enough of him. And the reason why is because we don't know him the way we need to know him. And I'm going to tell you, I bind a fence in this room right now in Jesus' name. Because the enemy is going to use all he can to keep us from moving in the way we need to move. I come against pride right now in the name of Jesus. 
We have to use the word no matter what, y'all. No matter how flesh feel, the word will kill this flesh if you allow it. If you want it dead. It will kill it for real. Apostles say go outside and shoot it. You better shoot it with this. You can shoot it with a rifle, blow the head off that head coming back. But when you keep using this word over and over again and letting the flesh know, you don't rule me. You don't rule me. Mm -mm. I'm no longer a slave to you. I'm not yielding to you today. Things will change and your life will be different. Amen. Did I get a woman to come up here or not? Gloria came up here. She was messing around. Can I get somebody else to come up here? Y'all already know Gloria's story. And the man's still living, by the way. She didn't kill nobody. Any other woman want to add to what I said? Okay, y'all all good? Sitting back there all good? Okay. Well, we're going to dismiss on that one. Jennifer, can you dismiss us? Jennifer Simpson.